Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, back with another amazing episode. This one is sponsored by our friends at Salesforce. Be sure to go to our show notes at www.amazingbusinessradio.com to find out more. I'm very excited for this week's episode, and I'm excited for our guest, Dan Schaubel, the author of the new book, Back to Human. But before we get into the interview, I'm going to share a great customer service lesson. Are you ready? There's a lot of power in a handwritten personal note. This is more than just a thank you note to a customer, although those are important as well. This is also about the note of appreciation to somebody who's done a great job or hit their goals. Well, you get the idea. Anything that you might want to express some sort of congratulations to. Anyway, my friend and colleague Ted Janis is one of our amazing trainers at Shepherd Presentations. He was conducting a half-day customer service workshop, and during the break, the client, who happened to be the president of the company walked up to Ted and congratulated him on doing a great job. He mentioned how impressed he was that Ted had done his homework to truly learn about the company, their issues, and their objectives. And, of course, Ted was flattered and very appreciative of the kind words. Well, two hours later, when the program was finally finished, the president of the company wrapped up the day and again congratulated Ted on a job well done. But there was more. As Ted was leaving, the president handed him an envelope. No, it wasn't a check for the presentation. It was a personal handwritten note, again, expressing his appreciation for a job well done and the obvious work that he'd put into personalizing his training program for the company. Now, Ted couldn't wait to share it with us back at the office. He was so proud of this note, and who wouldn't be? So when was the last time you received an accolade from your boss or a colleague at work or or even a customer? How did it make you feel? Some people who get notes from people they work with, they save them because they're special. They have impact. Now, years ago, I wrote about my client and friend, Glenn Brown, who at the time was CEO of Contract Freighters Incorporated, CFI a trucking company. You might have, as you're driving down the highway, seen a big truck, and on the side of it, it says CFI. Well, that's the company Glenn used to work with. He had a stack of cards, and he was using them to write notes to employees who deserved accolades or had a birthday or maybe an anniversary. He mentioned to me that he tries to write a short note to his employees who don't get to see him at the office at least twice a year. He said his exact words, it lets them know I appreciate them, even though We never see each other. Now, many of CFI's employees are truck drivers that seldom have ever actually make it into the office, and Glenn knew how to make them feel good about working at CFI. So sure, there are other ways to show appreciation. There's verbal praise, an email, a small gift, an appreciation lunch for employees, and and there's many more ideas. All of those are great signs of appreciation, and I'm not suggesting that we give any of those up. However, after seeing how much Ted appreciated the note from our client, which made me think of Glenn Brown. I believe the handwritten note takes gestures of appreciation to the next level. Well, I hope you enjoyed this short lesson. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll get into our feature interview. 
This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken, and we have in the house Dan Shawbell. Dan has written three books. We're going to talk about his most recent book, but he is the research uh, director of Future Workplace. He is the managing partner of Millennial Branding. He's a keynote speaker, and as I mentioned, he is a three-time author, New York best, uh, New York Times best-selling author, and this new book, Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation. Uh, just prior to getting on the interview, Dan and I talked a little bit about the book. There's always this balance that's needed between uh, the uh, technology that's out there and the human factor. And I think everybody, almost every speech that I give, if there's Q&A, that's one of the questions. You know, how do I make that balance? Or, you know, when, when customers get frustrated because they have to push one for this, three for that, 15 for that, whatever it is, they get frustrated with the virtual assistants. And I hear, even in my office, I hear people going, uh, reception or, or, or account manager or, you know, anything. Uh, just get me to a live person, whatever. Anyway, Dan, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. And I'm excited about your book, Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation. So, and, Thanks, Chef. Appreciate yeah, it. And one other thing I want to mention, another podcast to listen to, Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. It's always five questions. It's never four, never six. Five questions in under 10 minutes with the world's most interesting and successful people. Wow. Very it's cool. It's the same format I've had for, I've interviewed over 2,000 people and it's the same format I've had since the beginning. 2,000 interviews. Quick, You're good. Quick, efficient, gets people to think, respond, like just like you have your lightning round and people can distill so much in five to 10 minutes. Uh, they don't need hours to, to say things, right? Like it ends up becoming fluff after a while, right? Right. So you, you just force people to give you their best information as as quick as possible, and people are listening to it between meetings. All right. Well, maybe I need to change the format of my show then. No, you have to be you. Be <laughs> I know. The real you. I'm just that's, kidding. That's that's the advice that Larry King gave me. He was like, hey. You know, the best way to stand out is just be yourself. Hey, you name dropper, you. But, you know, seriously, what I like is not just asking questions and getting answers. And by the way, I think that's a phenomenal f- format. For, and, and you're right. What I like is what we're doing right now. We're just talking. We're engaging. And sometimes that conversation, you get to hear both sides. And my lightning round, as you know, is one question at the end. It's here's the lightning round question. <laughs> it means let's answer it quick. But, hey, let's jump into this thing. Um, your new book. Quick, quick insight as to what the book's about and why should anybody want this book? Uh, the book is about building human connection in a world in which we're constantly relying on technology. Mm. People are addicted to technology, devices, phones and apps and virtual reality and watches and 
devices have really taken over our lives. So I think you know, the book is a reminder that the human connection matters. If you look at the book cover, it's all silver to represent the machine, whereas the human is a name tag that represents the tried and true relationship building, right? If you're at a networking event, you have a name tag on so people can get to know you in a personal way. And old school, in a way, is the new new school now. So let technology be a bridge to human connection instead of a barrier. Let's not let's use technology to remove tedious tasks, things that you don't want to do from right. your daily workload and let it lead you to places where you can connect in a human way. For instance, conference room booking software, artificial intelligence calendars can help you sync up and let everyone know that they need to go to the right place at the right time. But if you're in a networking event, if you're in a business meeting, put the technology uh, away or put it in the center of the table and be attentive and actually be present with the people that you need to get along with and share ideas with. True story. I'm going to tell you two true stories. One's really fast and one, well, both of them are fast. But one's very humorous and one's really sad. Okay. <laughs> Which do you want to hear first? Sad. Sad. All right. So I'm at this event, and just like we're talking about, it's a networking type of event. You get to meet people. I say, so tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. And he hands me a business card. He says, if you want to find out what I do, my website's on there, all the information you want to know. And I went, well, okay, thank you. So what do you do? Like, how do we continue the conversation at this point? Oh, this is a nice-looking business card? <laughs> no, it's like – it was like the end of the conversation. I mean, that's – he shut me down when I said, I have interest in what you do. That's why I'm here is to meet other people and find out, you know, if we can work together or get to know each other. It's worth getting to know each other, whatever. That's the sad story. <laughs> Would you agree? Seems like he was just trying to – uh, check a box to say, hey, I went to a networking event instead yeah. of actually leveraging the networking event to meet people that could further him professionally and personally. And I wonder how many people, uh, by the way, he never asked me what I did. It was like end of, it was like the end of the conversation. All right, so here's the funny one. A buddy of mine shows up and he's got a cast on and he's on crutches and, and it's like, what happened to you? And he, and he points down to his leg. And then he and he says, "Find out what happened to me by going to www.mentionityou.know.com." And there he's got the whole story in a video, and it's hilarious. And it's because he goes, "You know, I don't want to tell you the whole story. We don't have time for that." Uh, but you can learn all about it. And it was very funny the way he did it. He meant it to be funny. He meant it to create a connection, and yet he was using the technology to make that connection. It's kind of funny. You know, I talk about. You know, everybody says default to the human when there's a problem, but does anybody ever, as a human, say let's default back to technology when we can? So I think more and more people are thinking like that. They they like the convenience of technology. They want the technology to, to do the work for them and use it as an excuse or even a you know um, a point in which that they're not. It's an excuse for them not to have the human interactions. Maybe they're introverted. Maybe they're, you know, shy. Maybe mm-hmm. they're just lazy, and they think that technology is going to cure everything. And they think that, you know, because they have a lot of Facebook friends, that they're popular. They think that, 
because they have access to so many people, they're more productive, but it's not always the case. Right. Um, well, for my buddy, he was being funny. Of course, he would tell us about it, but if he says, trust me, go look at the video. Look at the video. It was hilarious. Anyway, which leads me to an important question that you have the answer to, and that is, uh, how does technology get in the way of good customer service? You started down this path already with uh, what you just said, but elaborate on that for us, please. Yeah, uh, customer service operations are increasingly relying on technology to automate the entire system, the entire you know customer experience, and that's a huge mistake because customers at the end of the day, like me, we just keep pressing zero until we can actually doctor a human who can help solve our problem. Uh, but companies are looking to scale and they're looking to remove, you know, the human error and save money. And so automation is becoming a priority for them. But of course, when it comes to more complex problems, you need a human to help. And I mean, I look at Zappos was acquired by Amazon many years ago, not because it had better products. Amazon had the same products. It was because of the customer service operation. Because if anything happens, you can always send it back and, and that people are very nice and cordial on the phone. And that matters, right? Like, you know, the human touch will always be important regardless of what technology we have. And if you're not seen and heard in the workplace, you're less likely to get a promotion in, in customer service if you treat people well, people will ask you next time in all forms of in the entire service industry. Yep. You know, if you give someone a good haircut, people will request you next time. Yeah. They won't just get a haircut. They'll say, I want a haircut with Paul or Amy. Yep. Um, so I think service is really important because people relate and connect to other people. And if you provide a good service, they'll be more likely to shop with you, even if the product or service you're selling costs more. Yes, and as far as Zappos goes, Zappos is really a technology company. They, like Amazon, are a technology company. They're uh, not a retail store. They don't have salespeople coming up to you asking, what can I help you find today? But here's what's cool about Zappos. And by the way, this was a conscious decision that was made. On every single page of their website is contact information for you to default back to the human. Pick up the phone and make the call and ask the question. And Tony Shea from Zappos used to talk about the high percentage. And when I say high, for a company that's supposed to be an online retailer, they have a percentage of customers that just call in every time to place their order. I don't remember if it's something like 18 or 20% or some number that was, wow. So they really aren't a true 100% online retail. Yes, they are, but they always have that human backup because, you know, that's one of the reasons people trust and love Zappos is because of that service. Service with an online setup, a website, is only great until it's not, right? Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I think the best, the company with the best customer service, in my opinion, is GoDaddy. Oh, I, I think love the customer GoDaddy. service is literally love so GoDaddy. good. I can't even handle it. They're so nice. <laughs> they call so often that I'm like, you guys are, I even said them the last time they called on the phone, I'm like, I'm like, you guys are so good. Please just stop calling me. Like, I can't handle it anymore. And not only that, I submit. When, when you call them, how often do you have to wait? I think if I've called them, and I mean, I have 70, 80 domain names with them, and I'm, you know, we're renewals and things like that, I occasionally have to call. And when I do, maybe one out of every 10 times do I have to wait more than a few seconds. 
And yeah. in and at that point, it's not like I'm waiting hours and they will call you back or whatever. They have cracked the code on great service. They're a great company, GoDaddy. No, it's even it's even more than that. They looked at how many domains. I have about the same amount of domains you have. They looked at that. They called me and they said, "Dan, why don't you join our domain club? Yes, and save money on the renewals. Forty dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, oh my god, you you're just genuinely just trying to save me money, and it's so smart because because of that generosity and the thought and saving me money, I'm more likely to stay with them longer. And it's such a high margin business for them that they can afford it to invest in customer service and, and pay them more than maybe other companies. All right. We're going to take and a I short. Know anytime, any, anytime a call is coming from Arizona, it's always them. It's always go daddy. All right. We're going to take a short break and we are talking with Dan Shawbell, the author of back to human, how great leaders create connection in the age of isolation <laughs> And he is also the host of Five Questions with Dan Shabell, an amazing podcast, quick, down, and dirty answers with the most amazing people that you'll ever want to hear information from. But this new book, get it at Amazon. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, more from Dan. Don't go away. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information all you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking to Don, Dan, Dan Shaw, Don Shaw, Don Shabell, Dan, Dan Shawbell. It is Dan Shawbell. He's the author of Back to Human. And gosh, let's, let's just jump right into this. How do you create more human connections with your customers and employees? It's all about touch points. So anytime you recognize an employee for something good that they've done, maybe they they taught a fellow employee a new skill, when you recognize them, that's a touch point. Mm-hmm. Anytime when you sit them down and ask them how they are and you know if they are achieving all their personal goals through their job, that's a touch point. Anytime you have a social event to celebrate customers, like a customer event, or an employee, that's a touch point. So all of these touch points add up to having a more engaged workforce. Yep. And 85% of the global workforce is disengaged or actively disengaged. And from a customer perspective, you want to remind them that you're, you exist still and that you're serving them and you have new offerings and ways in order to add value to their lives. So Touch points with customers, touch points with employees, both are extremely valuable because in our world, it's all about the experience, the customer experience, the employee experience. Experience is the buzzword across all lines of business now. And I think if you can create a really good experience, for instance, for a customer, making them feel like they're taken care of and they have all the answers to all their questions quickly or from an employee that that they feel like their needs are being served, their needs to know what they need to do, having expectations set, and that they have a leader that's going to support them in their mission to make an impact in the company. Because what employees want now is they want meaningful work, and they want to do that work with people who are very supportive of them. 
And work is the work you do and the people you do the work with. So creating an experience where you're hiring the right people, you're setting them up for success, you're creating a safe space so they can freely share their information, you're empathetic to them because they might be going through tough times and they need support and space, um, they're going to just perform better naturally. From a customer service perspective, if uh, a customer's needs are fulfilled, if they got what they wanted when they wanted it, right? So fast customer service is important. And then they know that they can rely on the, the company if there's any issues. Just knowing that they can rely on the company is a huge part of creating that customer experience because that's trust, mm. right? And yep. trust is earned over time. So if you constantly deliver good customer experience, you're making sure that they're updated via you know, using technology like a, a newsletter that they opt into or just a phone call once a month to check in, uh, depending on the service that you're offering or product you're offering, it's going to remind them that you're great. It's going to remind them that you're there for them. And, you know, as a result, they'll want to buy from you and not your competitors. Yep. So a uh, couple of real important messages. Let's go back to the first part of it, which was employees. What's happening on the inside of an organization is going to be felt on the outside. If you have employees that are happy with where they work, they're more engaged. More engaged employees means more engaged uh, connections with your customers because uh, happy employees will, you know, they love where they work and they'll, they show it. They show it. The other side of it is uh, you mentioned the trust factor. There's an old saying Dan, and uh, it goes something like people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And the knowing and liking is easy, but the trust is not so easy because trust, as you mentioned, takes time. And it's that uh, consistent and predictable experience that they have where they go, every time I do business with them, they're always friendly, they're always knowledgeable, uh, they're always helpful. Even when there's a problem, I know I can always count on them that word always followed by something positive and i know our listeners have heard me say this probably a half a dozen times over the last year or so but i think that's a real important piece all right we're kind of winding down here i think this is a really important question i want to ask because this is really the back to your book uh and again the book is called back to human available on amazon how can technology be a bridge to stronger connection with your customers instead of a barrier to connect with your customers. In other words, yeah. Uh, yeah. just I don't want that technology. People, you know, Companies are putting technology out there, and they, in effect, don't even realize they're doing it. They're so enamored with the technology, it creates a barrier, and they don't know it. The consumer wants options. So they want to reach you via email. They want to reach you via you know, chat online. They want to reach you through the phone. They might want to come into the, your physical office space or retail store. You got to provide options. That's that's the reality, right? I'm not saying you should only, you know, have customer service representatives call people all the time or respond to phone calls. You have to provide options. People want flexibility in terms of how they interact with your company and how they work and live. And by providing different options, it takes care of consumers and meeting you meet them where they are and how they want to interact with you because it's less about you and more about them and mm-hmm. their choices and how they want to do business. Yep. So, but but in terms of in terms of moving people into a more human interaction, especially if if a customer, you know, if you sell you know, million dollar devices like we did at EMC, you know, you need a salesperson to 
you know, call the customer once a month to make sure the machine is operating okay and and that there's no issues and and to potentially sell them additional products and services around the original sale. Um, so it's a different level of intimacy compared to selling someone a toothbrush. Yep. Right. Um, and so, but either way, it's about being there for them when they need you. And, and there's a fine line. Like I, I love GoDaddy and their customer service, but they called me way too much and I had to put my foot down. So there's this interesting fine line and it could be depending on the actual customer, but you know, how much you interact with them and how often and, and uh, how you go about doing that. So like a phone call every day is way too much, but maybe it's offering an email newsletter, offering online chat, offering, you know, if you have a physical store for people to come in and ask questions if they want, um, but also being really you know, empathetic to the customer knowing that, you know, they're living their own lives and they are probably are shopping at other stores and uh, only have a need for your product or service every six months, let's say. And so being smart about that as well. Yeah, we have uh, an online training program. People, uh, companies, you know, will buy licenses for their employees. And our goal is we want to onboard them properly. So that first 30 days, we are always talking. We can see, hey, you haven't started yet because we can track, measure, and monitor just as the client's management and leadership team can track, measure, and monitor their employees. And once they onboard them, 30 days later, I want another call going to them. How are you doing? Are you comfortable with the system? 60 days later, just checking in. I see that you know, you're starting to use it. Any questions? We want every 60 days. Here's what happened once. One of our clients, because now it's time for renewal at the end of the year, we, we, you know, I said, hey, this client needs to be renewed. We found out that they had never been contacted. Somehow, this is the only client this ever happened to. They got lost in the system, and they said, well, now you're calling us. <laughs> and they did not renew. I felt so bad. And by the way, I apologize to explain what we usually do. I think she was empathetic and sympathetic to the fact that we made a mistake because we admitted we did. And what I said to her is, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I can see that you had problems. You abandoned the system. I'm going to give you another year. And, you know, you didn't use it before. I don't want you to pay for something you didn't use. They appreciated it. And uh, that was the best we could do. But I understand exactly the pain that you're talking about. We've got to – anyway, I can go on and on about that. We are just about out of time. And this is where we do that one question lightning round. The one thing question. Is there one thing you want to emphasize that we've talked about today or something new you want to share that you feel this audience absolutely has to know and especially cool if it's something that comes out of this new book, Back to Human? Yeah, I have a chapter called Lead with Empathy. And yes, chapter nine. I towards it later, uh, earlier in our conversation, I think people have to be empathetic to what customers are going through and what their employees are going through. And because people are suffering in many ways, people are challenged in many ways, people might be having a bad day. And while you might not physically see them being upset or going through pain, maybe it's going on in their head. And so if someone is in a bad mood or shouting at you or angry on the line, if they're calling customer service, 
you have to take a step back and be empathetic to their situation because you don't know what they're going through right. in that given moment. And I think at that moment, you also have to realize if the, the problem uh, they're calling you about is probably not your fault that it happened. You're just there to support them. And number two, you're right. You don't know what kind of a day you're having, and you should recognize that every every opportunity to interact is a way to gain the trust and you know the uh, the really the loyalty. True story, one day I came in to a hotel at 2 a.m. I should have been there at 6 o'clock in the, in the afternoon or in the evening, gone to dinner with my client. Bad weather prevented my flight from getting in. 2 a.m., and the person at the front desk was so nice, and that person upgraded me to a nicer room, and his exact words were, Sir, it is the end of your bad day. You're now here. And I thought, wow, great attitude to have. And I think that's what you're talking about. They always have a positive attitude and be supportive of people, especially if you're customers, because if you give them a bad experience, they're going to complain about you online and offline, which is going to hurt your brand. And from an employment perspective, if your employees aren't treated well, they're not going to perform well. You're not going to be happy. It's going to affect their personal life. They'll end up, you know, being upset and complaining about you online as well. So branding is branding, whether it's from a, from customer service perspective, sales perspective, employment perspective, uh, you just always want to do the best you can when you have interactions with others. Amen to that. All right, Dan Shawbell, the author of Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation, available today at Amazon.com. So go for it. Get it. I think you'll be happy that you did. Great episode. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio, because we have people like Dan. And Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. And until next time, we have another great episode. And you know we will. Don't forget, Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.